Did you know that there are 42 million porn websites? And that total is around 370 million pages of pornography. If that wasn't enough, look at this. The porn industry actually makes anywhere between 6 to $15 billion annually. And I believe the high, it said, was $97 billion. And they say we don't have a problem. Guys, it's Tavares here. <laughs> Welcome back to the Godly Dating 101 podcast. So I just want to thank you guys as always. You're always tuning in. You're always listening, showing us love. Today, we're going right back on schedule with a heavy episode. And I know God has something in store for you all because this is an issue with the church. I know many times we try to ignore the elephant in the room, but not today, y'all. Today, we're going to address this. We're going to do a quick maybe two-part series, but let's just dive in right now. Overcoming pornography. You know, it's the elephant in the room that Christians try to pretend doesn't exist. Sometimes we try to pretend it doesn't exist because we like watching it. Let's just be real. So I know you guys are probably wondering, you know, is this really necessary? Because maybe you don't have an issue with it, but I have been receiving one too many messages. Please talk about it. Please talk about it. Please talk about it. In the middle of preparing my notes, someone texted me saying, pray for them because this is an issue. So here we are. So I know I mentioned those statistics and those were just in regards to people in general, right? But I want to talk to you guys about the statistics I found regarding the church. And you're going to find the show description notes that um, there's a couple links you can check out in order to see them for yourself. And one of the websites were from 2018, which means the numbers could have gone up. Let's talk about pornography in the church. One, 70% of Christian youth pastors report they have had at least one teen come to them for help in dealing with pornography in the past 12 months. Many of you, if you are in any type of leadership, maybe you can attest to that. And if you're not, maybe you can admit that you've gone to someone, you know, in regards to needing help with that. Another one, 68% of church-going men And over 50% of pastors view porn on a regular basis. Regular. Of young Christian adults, meaning between the ages of 18 to 24, 76% of them actively search for pornography. So it's not that they saw something accidentally. It's not that something popped up on their social media. It's not that they saw a commercial that was inappropriate. No, 76% between the ages of 18 to 24, admitted to them actively searching for it. And that's inside of the church. Only 13% of you know women that consider themselves Christian say they never watched it, which means 87% of Christian women have watched pornography. Today's episode won't be directly for women. It's about pornography in general, dealing with that issue of lust in general. But next week, I want to do some more regarding women. So especially you ladies, if you're listening and you're a woman knowing you're dealing with this because plenty of women have been reaching out. So it's okay. It's it's a judgment-free zone. I want you guys to make sure you tune in for the next episode as well, because we have to deal with this. Lust is not a man issue. It's Let's just make that clear before we go further in this podcast. Pornography is not a man issue. It's not men alone watching that. Another statistic that it's a bit disturbing. Only 7% of pastors say their church has a program to help people struggling with pornography. (laughs) 
So that means 93% of our churches don't know what to do when someone comes up to them other than say pray. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So today, I just want to lay a quick foundation, you know, for us to discuss and lay some practical ways to help to prevent this in order to overcome this with people already struggling, you know, but ultimately this podcast is trying to bring awareness that the church must address this issue. We can't solve everything in 30 minute, 40 minute episode, obviously, but we can get the conversation going. We can get people's eyes open. I can open the eyes of a youth pastor to say, I'm going to talk about this next Sunday or get the eyes open of a person who's struggling in fear and struggling in private of finally admitting to someone that they need help. You know, so next time we'll get the woman perspective. But today, just bear with me, guys. All right. So I'm going to read a scripture from 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. You know, you guys can read from whatever translation you like. Right now I'm using the KJV. It says, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to men. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. You know, and I love that because it's it's telling us that God won't allow us to face any type of temptation that he knows that we can't overcome or he knows that he won't provide a way out for us. But I feel like many of us, we love quoting that verse 13, but we completely ignore verse 12. <laughs> verse 12 tells us, wherefore, let him that thinks he stands, take heed, lest ye fall. Okay. And in basic English, that means be careful that you don't think you are so spiritually rooted. You're so spiritual and high above all temptation that you can't fall because you can and you will. You know, so my experience I want to say, and I really don't care if anyone judges me because it's a testimony for me now, but I battled lust my entire life. My entire life. There are times now when I have to catch myself. There are times now when I have to say, oh, I can't watch that. Oh, no. I know we're good friends, but I can't follow you back on social media. Or when I see something pop up on my timeline and the ladies just got cheeks out, you know what I'm saying? Like, sis, cover it up. I know you're at the beach. I know you love Aruba, but come on now. If I'm scrolling on my my newsfeed and my wife is beside me and I have to hurry up and swipe off, you know what I mean? It's just like, come on, late. You know, a lot of ladies like to say, you know, this isn't even about notes. Ladies, don't get mad at me. But a lot of ladies like to say guys need to have self-control. A lot of ladies need to have more respect for their brothers is what I want to combat that with. Because I understand men, if they have an issue with lust, they're going to lust after you, whether you're you know, in a bathing suit or whether you're clothed from head to toe, Pentecostal skirt, you know what I mean? Like the man is, the man is just going to lust regardless. I get that because some people don't control the urges, but please be mindful of the fact that you are also playing a factor in someone else's battle with lust. Like you see a lot of women, every one of their pictures is a side pose to show how big their butt is or every one of their, their clothing is tight because that's the, their style of dressing, whatever. That's not the the point of today's podcast. Ladies, you know, I'm just throwing that out there. You know, be more mindful. You know, we love y'all, but please. (laughs) You know, so lust is something I battled my entire life. You know, I I don't want to blame anyone, but I do know that I grew up with all brothers and I'm the youngest, you know, so the oldest is 10 years older than me. You know, so it was a huge gap. You know, I always wanted to fit in with the cool kids and my brothers watch pornography, you know, so when you see something at the age of five, six, seven, eight, nine, whatever, 
when everyone, everybody else in the house is doing it, you don't think anything of it, you know? And we grew up in a Christian home. Both my parents are deeply spiritual people. You know, they did everything they can to lead us all closer to God. It's just people are going to be people and follow all kinds of temptations and follow all kinds of things that aren't good for us. But, you know, I'd see my brothers watching it. And if I see my brothers watching it and they enjoy it, I'm looking like, okay, well, this is normal. You know, I know it's healthy for a man to be with a woman. So I didn't think, you know, much of it, but I didn't realize how viewing that pornography was rewiring my brain. You know, you know, I was so, I was exposed to it as a child, didn't think anything of it, you know, and then as years would go on, especially into like teenage years, you know, I would see movies that had sex scenes so often that it became normal to me. And a lot of you guys will think about it. You will say like, oh, those scenes aren't real. Oh, they're quick. They're not really showing anything. No, um, just because it only shows their butt or just because it only shows their breast doesn't mean it's not doing something to your brain. You know, a lot of times we we're trying to be ignorant, not because we don't we don't know that God isn't pleased, but because we want to continue entertaining it. You know, but you can't overcome any sin that you entertain. You can't overcome a sin that you're finding pleasure in, or you can't ask God to bind the devil and you're inviting the devil into your home. So you're at church praying at the altar call, like, God, please free me from my lustful desires. But you're going home and you're inviting the devil back into your house. You're inviting those television shows. You're inviting the, you know, I don't know what they have now, but like the HBO late night shows or the BET after dark if you guys grew up in the 90s, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know? And you put the TV on previous. So when a parent walk in, you switch it back to ESPN or you switch it back to Scooby-Doo or whatever. Like, listen, maybe I was the only heathen, you know, right now with this podcast. But I'm just saying, you know what I mean? We found all the ways in the world to be slick, you know. So I was exposed to it and I was entertaining it, you know. So I can't make it seem like, you know, I was hopeless because of what they exposed me to. You know, I, I wasn't. I wasn't losing that battle because of them. I was losing that battle because I didn't decide to cut it off. I decided to continue engaging in it. And that's the problem with pornography and lust in general, because lust is never satisfied. So while you may have seen something, one quick scene, and you thought it was no big deal, then that's then it's going to turn into you wanting to see movies with certain type of scenes or not just rated R movies, but now you want to see the XXX, you know, the, the pornographic stuff to just flat out, you know, flat out wrong, you know what I mean? And I didn't even think about it as a child, but a lot of this stuff promotes human trafficking. You know what I mean? A lot of these women, you know, are drugged in order to keep them going. A lot of these people are doing it, you know, thinking they're taking care of their family and, you know, they end up going down a life that's leading them straight to hell, you know, so you don't look at it. The devil doesn't want you to look at it from what it really is, but it's people going to hell, trying to trying to be satisfied. You know, you'll see these disgusting images of women sleeping with five men at a time or several people doing whatever. And, you know, God knows what. And it's not edifying. It's not building us up spiritually, but it's pulling us back into a world of darkness. It's pulling us outside of the will of God. And it's directly going against God's will between of what sex is supposed to be. Sex is supposed to be between a husband and wife, a, a spiritual connection, an emotional connection, a physical connection. And pornography forces us to stop seeing that in a holy way. We start seeing sex as something that comes to satisfy us, to fill our urges, to fit our needs. We start seeing people as objects to, you know, just to have sex with. And that's why a lot of people, they can't commit in relationships because they're so used to seeing people as sex objects. They're so used to seeing people as just being there to fit my needs or fill my urges that they're not seeing people as men and women made in the image of God. You know, so 
I know I, I may never have been, you know, addicted to it, you know, maybe like others, but I do know I had a problem. I do know I, I wanted to see those type of shows. I wanted to see those type of movies. You know what I mean? And it was, you know, it wasn't someone else. It was literally me. You know, I feel like at some point, many of us, we have to stop blaming others for why we're still in bondage. Because it's not your fault that you were exposed to it. It may not be your fault, but it's your fault if you continue to indulge in it. So many of you, you you got exposed to it because you ran into your parents' stash, you know, hiding under the bed. Or you had a big brother, big sister that showed you something that you shouldn't have seen. Or you had that friend at school. But at some point, you have to say, no, this is not right. This is not God's plan for my life. You know, and that's the only way to, to overcome. You know, so there was times when I would I would say that, yeah, God set me free, but it was always an issue, you know, underlying issue because I would deal with the symptoms and not necessarily the root. So I would cut off a TV show, but I want to cut off the rest or I would cut off um, TV in general. And then I keep listening to the music promoting sex or I'll cut off the music, but I don't cut off the friends that wants me to go to the club with them. Listen, I'm, I'm just mentioning some triggers that you guys know that we have. Let's be real with one another. This is a serious podcast. I'm not I'm not coming on this episode to joke now. You know what I'm saying? Like pornography is killing the body of Christ if we continue to ignore it. You know, just recently I had someone reach out to me saying their father's a pastor. You know, they're you know, they're uh, whatever they're in ministry. You know what I mean? So they're active in the things of God and they're still in bondage. So you can be active in the things of God. You can be active in your church and still be in bondage. You know, and that that happens because you will fall if you don't keep your guard up. You know, I heard someone say that the day you don't fight is the day it will conquer you. The Bible mentions that the enemy is like a roaring lion, roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. You know, so while he may not have any power, he's still seeking someone to lead into temptation, to lead into sin. You know, he's finding a moment. He's waiting until you're weak. You know, and a lot of people, and this is why I tell people to be careful when you pray about what you want God to send for you, send to you, you know, when in regards to a person, because a lot of people, they think that if I like tall, dark and handsome, sis thinks it's the devil when he's light, short and chunky. It could have been God, but whatever, you know, <laughs> it could have been the devil. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, that's not the point of what I'm saying. My point is the devil knows that's what you want. So if he knows I can lead you into fornication just by sending your type, he's going to do that. So that's the reason why you must always keep your guard up because the enemy's waiting for that moment when you are, when you're weak, you know? So there were times when I would go days without viewing pornography or days without sex or days without whatever it is, you know, days, you know, and then weeks or months. But the thing is, that pornography creeps right back in when you let your guard down. So you overcame because you were in the word, you know, you were seeking God, blah, blah, blah. But the moment you're just like, all right, I'm going to take a vacation, a spiritual vacation. You get a little spiritually at ease. And that's when the enemy strikes. That's when you see that person pop up on your explore page. That's when that fitness model that you shouldn't have been following decides to post her bikini page, you know, post her bikini pics. Or that's when that girl you didn't need to be following posts her twerking video or that guy you didn't need to be following that you ladies are like, man, that's a handsome chocolate man. And you see the bear lined up. He ain't got no shirt on. Or you see some Ryan Gosling, whatever, whatever it is you're attracted to. The devil is going to wait, wait until that moment. When someone offends you so you don't care to go to church and then he's going to drop that pornographic um, thought inside your mind or when you're supposed to be mid-worship, 
and he brings your mind back to something you were entertaining six months ago because he knows what you want. He's just waiting to drop that opportunity to put that desire back in your mind, to put that desire back in your heart. You know, the devil is just waiting on you to get complacent with your walk with God so he can pull you out of God's will and back into sin. And that's why we can't lose our hunger for God. We cannot lose our hunger for the things of God. One thing I realized in regards to this coronavirus issue was the fact that it got everyone complacent um, spiritually to the point where we, we started to get comfortable not wanting to be in the house of God. Well, a lot of people, I won't say everyone, but got a lot of people comfortable not being around others, which means a lot of people started being more reserved. A lot of people started being home more often. A lot of people that had this issue with pornography started watching it more. So I know a lot of people grew spiritually because they were home, but there are a lot of people battling that demon of pornography when they're getting home, when, you know, when they're alone and no one is seeing what is on their computer, no one is seeing what they're searching on their phones, or they're trying to erase the history before anyone gets to it. We have to be careful because if the devil is at your house, you are inviting him over, (laughs) you know? So the devil has no authority over a child of God. The devil has no power over a child of God. So the only power he may have over you is what you're giving over to him. I know this is a bit heavy, so I'm gonna let you take a quick break in the episode. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. That you must be willing to admit when your actions are what's leading you into sin. Many of us, we like to blame the devil. Many of us, we like to blame others. We like to blame, man, Social media is just so disgusting nowadays. Man, these sisters don't, aren't wearing anything modest anymore. Man, these brothers are always X, Y, Z. You know, we go down the list and we find ways to say why somebody else is causing us to be in sin. But in reality, flirting with that man or that woman may not be a sin, but you knew where it was leading. You know, so I have to admit that I have to know when my conversations with that woman wasn't leading us um, to talk about Jesus. It was leading us to talk about you know, sex. It was me complimenting her body or her complimenting mine wasn't leading us to want to pray in Jesus name. It was leading us to want to lay hands. You entertaining that relationship with that man or that woman that's not your spouse and you don't have an outlet to go have sex after like married people do. What is that causing? That's causing you to have that intense sexual desire that you don't know how to resolve it without watching pornography, without masturbating. And masturbating would be another podcast episode, so I won't do too much talking about that. Or you may know that you know having a Netflix account may not be a sin. Probably not. Probably God is not upset that you have a, a Netflix account. But you know what them shows were leading you into. So you knew that the 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 rating was rated R. You and I won't even say it rating because TV thirteen, PG thirteen is a bit of a joke nowadays. How disgusting it is! Like so, they're poisoning the minds of kids at very young ages. But you knew when you saw that show on Hulu or NBC or, you know, whatever, you know, I said NBC. Isn't that like news? I don't know. But clearly I don't watch enough TV. Um, <laughs> but many times we we think, oh, OK, that's not sin. Yeah, but you knew what certain shows were leading you into. 
Yeah, you knew that listening to Chris Brown, Beyonce, or whatever hot artist is out there. Um, if you're a part of the Beehive, please do not leave me a, a bad rating. I just don't know any artists. Um, <laughs> so, but what I'm saying is you knew those artists, you know, listening to them may not be quote unquote sin, but you knew they were placing an unhealthy sexual desire inside of you, wanting you to go act out and go do some things you don't have that outlet to do. So I'm not saying, yeah, only married people can listen to Luther Vandross. Listen, do what you feel God is con- God has not convicted you of. I know what God has convicted me of. And if I know something is causing me to desire sex and I'm not married, then there's no reason why I should be entertaining it. Because we all have a sexual desire. The problem is, is when we're feeding that sexual desire and we know that's only causing us to go into sin, only causing us to masturbate, only causing us to want to watch porn, only causing us to go do things that we know we shouldn't be doing. So my thing to you is I want you guys to understand this scripture. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12, it says, All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. And in basic English, what they're saying is, I can do whatever I want, but everything isn't good for me. I can go wherever I want, but going everywhere isn't smart. Yeah, going on um, Instagram is not a sin, but who I follow can lead me into sin. Yeah, I may not you know, have an issue have owning a laptop. Yeah, but what, I, what website I go on can lead me into sin. And he's saying, Paul is saying, I won't be brought under the power of sin, you know, even though I have the opportunity to go do whatever I want, even though God has forgiven me and given me power. I, that does not mean God delivered me, so let me just go to the club and chill because I'm on my way to heaven. No, God didn't deliver you so you can go entertain foolishness. He delivered you so you could be set free from that and you could show someone else that he's more satisfying than the things of this world. You know, so some people, I ran into some people before, you know, because some people even encourage this, I'm sad to say they encourage this to marry people, but they think that pornography is okay um, because they aren't committing the sins themselves. Like there's some married people that watch it and, they're, and their ideas, they're watching it together. So it's not a sin. No, you're inviting. The, the Bible says the marriage bed is undefiled, but you're, you're defiling your marriage room. You're defiling your bed. You're defiling the sanctity of your marriage when you're inviting spirits. That's what you're doing. I know a lot of you guys go to these cute churches that don't talk about spiritual warfare. And you go to all these churches that don't have the Holy Spirit, you know, so there is a free for all. But if you read the word of God, these things attract demonic spirits into your life when you pay it, when you're entertaining things that the enemy is sending and you're ignoring what the word of God is saying. You know, so you can't say, you know, it's not a sin because you're not the one having the sex or you're not the one, you know, um, that's on a TV show doing all kind of ungodly foolishness. Because Jesus said in Matthew 5 that if you, you know, if you lust after someone in your heart, it's the same as having sex with them. So while I'm, you know, claiming, you know, I'm not having sex and I'm just watching pornography, what I'm doing is I'm having sex with those people on the screen. So I'm violating the marriage bed. I'm violating my eyes. I'm violating my walk with God. And I'm not even having sex. You know what I mean? Like, so you're thinking, you're thinking, (laughs) a lot of people think purity is just about their actions. You know what I mean? God wants us to have a pure heart. Jesus is paying attention to our heart and our motives more than he's paying attention to. I won't say more, but he's not only just paying attention to our actions because there are a lot of people that brag about how they're a virgin physically, but emotionally they're not. Mentally they're not. You know, so you can have a you can have so much wrong with your spirit even though your body's technically a virgin. 
or some people that want to say, oh, I can have oral sex because it's not actually sex. No, baby, um, you need to repent. <laughs> like, sis, bro, I, I just want to tell you, it ain't God's will for you to find loopholes around the scripture. No, um, it's all it's all sin in his life, in his eyes. You know, so when we read um, Romans 1 verse 32, when I do these podcasts, guys, I try, I try to give you guys a lot of scripture because I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to read the scriptures for yourself and see what God is saying. I want you to pray about it. I want, I want you to know that I am not the final say, but God is. Romans 1.32, um, Paul is talking. He's saying, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but they have pleasure in them that do them. So the preceding verses, if you read most of Romans 1, but like the preceding five or six verses or whatever, is talking about people indulging in all types of sexual immorality and sin in general. But Paul ends that, you know, discussing the fact that not only do they know that God finds those sins um, sinful, but they enjoy others doing it. You know, so you may be claiming, you know, you're a virgin. You may be claiming I'm not having sex or I'm celibate. You may be claiming, oh, I'm abstinent. Oh, God set me free. So I no longer have sex with my boyfriend or my girlfriend, whatever. I'm waiting till marriage. But God is still seeing that you're entertaining sin. And if you're having pleasure in someone else sinning, it's the same thing as you doing it. Because you know that God is not pleased with sex outside of marriage, but yet you want to watch it on TV. You want to watch it on your phone. You want, you know, God doesn't want you lusting after that woman, but yet you're following all kind of naked pages on social media. And ladies, don't, don't think you're off the hook now because you know you may have some lust in your heart as well. And you think it's okay to, to say, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not having sex. So it's okay that I flirt and send nudes to my boyfriend. Hmm, interesting. In my opinion, if you're entertaining it, then it's in your heart. Pretty intense episode, isn't it? Please stay with me, though, guys, because right now we're going to talk about how to be restored. <laughs> so, guys, I know I'm laying a foundation, but it's heavy. We have to address this. The first thing I want to say, you know, in regards to this is in being restored is you have to repent and get back to your relationship with God. Don't condemn yourself. Don't think this podcast condemned you. Bible mentions that there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, but it mentions that that's because though it's for those who are not walking according to the flesh, but according to the spirit, Romans 8 and 1. So yeah, you may be forgiven by God and there may be no bondage over your head, but that verse only applies to when you're actually pursuing after God because it's God's job to take you out of Egypt and bring you into Israel, but it's your job to obey what God is saying. You know, so yeah, God saved you. Yeah, you were born again of water and of spirit, like Jesus said in John 3. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many times you were baptized. It doesn't matter how many times you were um, speaking in tongues. It doesn't matter how often you, you know, whatever you're doing, you're prophesying or preaching. It doesn't matter how often we do it if we don't choose to stay free. Because the Bible said we should work out our own salvation. And that doesn't mean that you're saved by your works. That means... You're saved and God is continually sanctifying you by your obedience to his word, by your willingness to submit to his will. You know, and you should get back to your relationship with God. And and I feel like a lot of times we look for something deep and we we're so deep, you know, spiritually that we ignore the basics. And how do you grow spiritually? By praying, by reading the word of God, by fasting. You know what I mean? Those are the things we must get back to. 
because we are literally in a generation of people, a generation of Christians that, that call themselves Christians, but they don't pray. We aren't reading our Bible and we aren't fasting. So it's just like, who are we serving? Is it, are we serving God or do we think God is serving us? Prayer is simply speaking to God. It's communication with God, turning to God and showing him you need his strength. And I feel like a lot of people don't pray because they want some immediate answer or they're so deep and spiritual. Oh, Lord, God, thou knowest and hero. You know what I mean? They want to pray King James. No, just talk to God like, God, I've been struggling. I need you to help me. God, pornography is something that's come, come back up in my life and I'm battling again. God, give me the strength. God, lead me in your will. Lead me out from temptation. We like to call it, you know, the prayer, you know, the, we like to talk about the prayer that Jesus said, lead us not into temptation. But do you not understand how serious that was? Jesus didn't say much in that prayer for our example, you know, but he did say, lead us not into temptation. That's one of the temptations of this world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Those things are constantly warring, trying to pull you back into this world. So you have to be praying. So I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a pastor. If you're not praying, you're not growing. If you're not praying, you're not connected to God. If you're not praying, I'm not saying praying an hour a day. I'm not saying praying six hours a day. But if you're not talking to God, then how is God speaking to you? If you're not taking a moment to like, God, I'm having a stressful day. I ask for your peace right now. God, this coworker is about to get punched in the throat. Like, I'm, <laughs> guys, I was in the military. And if you know anything about the military, half those people is annoying. <laughs> they are simply annoying. You know, so I, I had a boy... We we were in it. We ended up cool after, but we got into it, and I really had to pray, like right then and there, like Lord, give me the strength. Like <laughs> they probably thought I was weird, but I mean, I was about to hit dude in the throat. Like, <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's the fact that God is concerned about every part of your life. Many of us, we only go to God when we want Him to heal cancer. Will you go to God when you just want to say thank you? We need to go to God when we just want to say good morning, God, I love you. Jesus, I thank you for your mercy and your grace that are new every morning. You know what I mean? Don't overcomplicate prayer. Just go and take some time to spend time with them. Studying the Bible, like I just mentioned, is important because if you read Psalms 119 from the NLT, it says, how can a young person stay pure by obeying your word? So he asked the question and he answered it. Many of you are listening to this podcast like, yeah, Tavares, that's me. I'm dealing with pornography. How do I stay pure? There's your answer by obeying the word. But listen, how are you going to obey the word that you don't know? The Bible says in Psalm 119, 105, that the word of God is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. This world is full of darkness. How can you see the light if you don't open up his word? And like I said, this generation doesn't pray. This generation also doesn't read. Because I'll tell someone that's asking me about dating someone that's not saved. The Bible says, be not unequally yoked. And they're like, where it says that in the Bible? And I'm looking like, yo, yo, bro, that's like in Corinthians. <laughs> you know, like, did you not know that? <laughs> um, okay, sorry. I thought everyone did, you know. And I understand we're all at different levels. Many of you guys listen to this podcast have been saved all your life. Some for one year. 
some you just got saved last week and someone recommended my podcast. I see a lot of people message me saying, hey, I'm new to your podcast. I'm new in the faith. Or some people saying, hey, my friend just recommended and I listened to an episode and it's impacted me. I thank you for this resource, whatever. And it's not a matter of bragging. I'm just saying I understand we're all at different levels. You know, so this podcast may seem a bit harsh or rough for people, you know, that are new that didn't even know that pornography was wrong. But for people that have been in church for a long time or people that have been in the faith for a long time and they knew, you know, they may, you know, this may just be their wake up call. But regardless, if you want to be free from pornography, you have to be you must be first willing to follow his word because salvation already made you free. But you have to choose to stay free. The children of Israel's problem was the fact that they want to get Egypt out of their heart. So many of us, God delivered us from the club, but our hearts are still there. God delivered us from all kinds of addictions, but instead of trusting in his sufficiency, instead of seeking his will, we're still wondering what are we missing out on in the world. Guys, you're not missing anything. You know how many friends I know in the world that looks like they're having a great time and then I'm the person they're coming to once everything crashes because they need prayer, because someone is sick? That's because the world knows the truth. The world knows that they need to turn to God. We have to be that light for them. The word says in Psalm 119, verse 11, also, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. So there are some times when you may read the Bible and it may not even register with something that you need right now, but you may need that in a few months. Many of you guys, you may read about Joseph and it's just like, yeah, whatever, Potiphar's wife, you know, cool story, bro. And it may not register to you that, sir, you're going to be in a situation where a woman is tempting you to sleep with her and you need to be willing to run like how Joseph did. Or you may study a scripture in Romans that is just like, man, Paul is a bit too deep for me. But when you get to that situation, you have to know that it's time for me to understand that I am set free. I'm buried with Christ in baptism, that now I should be living unto God in righteousness. That you, that scripture comes up when you're tempted to go back to your old ways that, no, nah, I'm a new creature. No, who the son sets free is free indeed. These scriptures may not register to you initially, but God will bring them back up in those moments of weaknesses. So don't just be... That Sunday morning only Christian. Don't just be that that person only reads or prays when they're at church. No, do it at home. And another thing we don't do often is fasting. I used to call it a curse word. Like, guys, please don't say that because I'm not joining you when you call for that corporate fast. Like, I want my Doritos and I want it now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I still to this day have a hard time fasting. But many of us, we don't understand that fasting is not a suggestion is not is not something cool or just the deep saints do. Fasting is not just something for your pastor. Fasting is something Jesus expects. In Matthew 6 and 16, Jesus said, when you fast, not if you fast, Jesus said, when you fast. And he told him, don't be like the hypocrites. Don't be like these Pharisees, these Sadducees. Don't be like all these people that want to make everyone know they're fasting. Don't be like these people that post on social media saying, oh, if you need me, hit my phone because I'll be gone for 21 days. They just want to look spiritual. No, fast because you want more of God. Fast because you want to hear him clearly. So fasting is not something we do to just be more spiritual than than anyone else. You know, fasting is something we do just because we want to crucify our flesh. You know, you know, because a lot of times I notice in my own personal life, I don't know about you guys, but I can speak from my personal experience that a lot of us, we don't understand that we can be anointed and still be carnal. Let me repeat that. You can be anointed and still be carnal, meaning there are many pastors 
who can preach a storm, preaching so many people are saved and they can still go home and watch pornography. They can still go home and be mean to their wife. There are some women that sing like angels and then you get out of church and you don't, you don't greet them properly and they'll curse you out in the church parking lot. So you can be anointed by God. That doesn't mean your character matches your anointing. And how do you get your character to match your anointing? By fasting. Because I know what it means to be able to preach and people get saved. I know what it means to preach and get a reaction. I know what it means to teach Bible studies and do all these things and still battle lust. Because if I'm not crucifying my flesh, then yeah, my spirit is growing, but so is my flesh. You have to die daily. You know, so don't just think because you're gifted in ministry that God is pleased with your lukewarm lifestyle. God is not pleased with your lukewarm lifestyle just because you know how to speak in tongues. That doesn't impress God. You can probably impress people, but you're not impressing God. Jesus said that not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to see eternal life. Not everyone is going to heaven, which means there are some people that are in church. And I know this isn't a popular saying because, like I said, many of you go to these sugar-coated churches, you know, no disrespect, but... Some of these pastors, they only preach about heaven, but they don't make us aware of the reality of hell. There is a hell and God wants a relationship. So just because I attend church doesn't mean that God is pleased with me. God wants a relationship with me. Number two, seek accountability. Guys, I can't emphasize this enough. We talk about accountability so often on this podcast, but sin thrives in secrecy. Sin thrives in the dark. That's the only way for sin to grow when it's not exposed. So if you never expose it, how are you going to ever going to how are you ever going to find that help that you need? If you don't address it, how will someone know that they can help you? Because some people have been delivered from pornography, but how are they able to help you specifically if you never mentioned to them that they need it? And I think that's a that's something that's a two sided coin, because we need to be more open when God delivers us from things. Because you don't want to tell anyone you were delivered from pornography because people are going to look down on you. But while you're ashamed of how people are going to feel, there are so many people that are battling it now and they need to hear your testimony. So you need to be willing to be, um, you know, expose your past so you can help someone else in their future. So I know no one wants to be embarrassed. You know, no one wants to make a fool out of themselves. No one wants to get looked out upon. And let me tell you guys, I understand that 100 percent. But we're not talking about, you know, something minor. We're talking about something that's serious in your walk with God. Your purity matters to God. So if you don't talk about it, then how will we ever get to the point where we can ever be free? How will we ever get to the point where we be free if we're just ashamed of what everyone is going to think? The church must be a judgment-free zone. And, you know, that isn't saying that people shouldn't be able to correct you. I believe people should be able to correct you, whether your leadership or your spiritual peers. You know, they need to be able to correct you. They just shouldn't be condemning you. Bible says that people who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. Proverbs 28 verse 13. And James 5 and 16 says this, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So I know you may be afraid to speak up, but please trust me, guys, let me tell you, it is necessary because I used to be scared, but it was necessary for me to seek help. Many of you guys don't have a mentor like I did growing up that I could go to about my issues with less, but there were times when I didn't want to bother him because it's just like, man, he just helped me with this last week and here I am in the same mess. But he was always patient, always willing to give advice. And, you know, I know you guys have to be willing to 
be vulnerable with someone, you know, a spiritual person, because you shouldn't just go on Facebook saying, guys, I need help because I struggle with pornography, because people will use that against you. I get it. People are immature. But you have to ask God to guide you to someone who's able to help you overcome your spiritual issues. And I say that because, you know, there was a time when I was afraid to go back to my mentor, right? And let me tell you how God exposed me. You know, <laughs> I won't say God exposed me. I exposed myself, but I thank God that it happened. But I was, you know, talking with this girl, flirting all the time. The messages were always inappropriate. The pictures were always inappropriate. And I didn't, you know, I didn't masturbate growing up, you know, and, and it started, you know, after talking to her. And then, you know, I wrote out a long, long post um, comment in my notes that I was going to text to her because I'm just like, yo, we can't be friends anymore. Like this, this is toxic, man. I can't, I can't do this. But I was making a post on godly dating at the time. And I copied and pasted it and put it as the caption for godly dating instead of texting it to her. So I had no idea. And I checked social media maybe an hour after posting it. And I saw a whole bunch of messages praying for you. Don't lose the faith. Don't give up. You know, I appreciate your vulnerability, uh, whatever. And I was just thinking like, what is happening? You know, so I was like, I didn't, I didn't, you know, what's, what are people talking about? And I checked my most recent post and I saw the caption, what I was supposed to send to the girl. I posted it on Instagram, I posted it on Facebook. So combining both of those, it's over a million people that write it probably. <laughs> you know, so embarrassed was an understatement, but I deleted the caption and then I made a post after and, you know, just thanking everybody for the support or whatever. But I was so afraid of having people know that I'm leading a ministry talking about godly dating and purity, and I was struggling with you know purity myself. Because a lot of people feel like they see this patient thing. Safa and I must have the perfect relationship, guys. Um, not at all. <laughs> We're still human. I still have my issues, and I still you know have to see God daily in order for me to overcome because it's still you know issues in my life. But you know, my thing is people must have thought that you know that he has everything going on. You know, he must not have any issues. So people that I assume were going to be judging me. There were hundreds of messages of people reaching out, saying they're praying for me, people reaching out, saying thanks for being vulnerable. But my point in saying that is, while I thought I was going to be condemned, there were so many people in my corner saying, you know, showing me scripture, showing me that they're praying for me, whatever. So while you may be listening to the devil tell you that, don't say anything, people are going to judge you, people are going to condemn you. Let me tell you this. You are not going to prosper. You are not going to spiritually succeed if you think you can hide your sins from the church or hide your sins from your brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, because all of us have issues. And there will be people that look down on you, but those are not your people. Those are not spiritual people. Those are people you need to be around. So if they want to look down on you, fine, that's their issue. But at the end of the day, you must understand that God called us to be one body. God called us to be united. So you cannot try to escape the fact that we need one another in order to grow spiritually. And the last thing I'll say is be willing to remove the triggers. Many of us know certain things that's leading us into sin, but we try to pretend that they're not. You know, so we aren't, you know, doing our self-due diligence by ignoring it. So I say, um, look at this scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 22. It says, abstain from all appearance of evil. And if we're willing to admit it, we know that we entertain evil every day. Social media can be evil. TV can be evil. 
anywhere you go can be evil. You know what I mean? But it's the fact that it's a matter of what you're entertaining on TV, what you're following on social media. So if the Bible is telling us to abstain from all appearance of evil, then don't you think following certain accounts that will cause you to lust or cause you to double take or every time you on social media, you see the bikini pictures, you see the, the half naked men, you see the, the TV shows with the sex scenes. Don't you think that maybe encouraging your lust or encouraging your sexual desire to go out of a, out of um, proper control or to be become a, a fire that you can't control? Don't you think these things are trying to lead us out of God's will? Because I don't believe that we can give the devil credit for what we're willfully doing. So no, the devil didn't make you go on Pornhub. Your urges did. The devil didn't make you have sex with your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Your hormones did that. The devil didn't make you masturbate, but your uncontrolled lust did. So the devil can, he can suggest things all day and night and trust me, he will. But you have to be willing to cut off the triggers that's leading you back into lust. You thinking about having sex right now? You thinking about watching pornography right now? Call your brother and your sister in Christ and let them know, pray for me, man. Like, hey, I'm struggling. Like, get off social media immediately. Get off that laptop immediately. You have to be willing to cut things off. Remove the triggers. So what's causing it? Is it your music choices? Because a lot of people, they refuse to give up secular music. And I'm not encouraging you to do so. I think you should, but I'm not making, I'm not telling anyone you're going to hell if you don't. But is it your music? Because if your music is talking about sex and you're single, don't you think you're going to want sex? Is it your relationships? Are your boys inviting you to your club? You know, are your girls inviting you to go, you know, whatever? Are, are the relationships you're entertaining leading you into sin, into sex? Is it the TV shows and the movies? Because a lot of times we want to pretend that all we're watching on TV you know, is, is the Mickey Mouse clubhouse, you know, hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog. Like, <laughs> like I'm watching that foolishness with my son every day. Pray for me, guys. But I know that's not what we're watching. We're watching sometimes some shows that are inappropriate. You know what I mean? So are you willing to cut that off in order to guard your eyes? Do you surfing the internet and surfing Instagram late night? Do you, oh, do you think that's a great idea? If the last thing you see is 40 IG models before you go to bed. What you think you're going to be dreaming about? That explore page that, you know, that is, is always willing for you to explore. It's so much for the eye to see. <laughs> Don't you know that these things are triggering lust in our hearts? We have to pay attention to what they're doing to us. So whatever it is, guys, be willing to remove the triggers. Guys, if you are saved, the devil has no control over you. Bible says that any man, any woman who be in Christ, we are new creatures. The old has passed away. All has become new, brothers. All has become new, sisters. We are not in bondage anymore. I know many of you guys are going to listen to this and some of you are going to say, I'm, tur- I'm turning things off. I'm changing my ways. Some of you are going to ignore me. Some of you are going to fall next, by next week, by next month, by next year back into pornography. But I want you to hear this. God's will is not for you to go back into the things that he's delivered you from. The Bible mentions that as a fool returns to his, the way a dog returns to his vomit is is the same as a fool returning to his foolishness. You know, so it's not me attacking you, 
but it's me letting you guys know that these things are not edifying. These things aren't building us up. Pornography is going to destroy the body of Christ if we don't ignore, if we don't cut it off. If we don't get that thing out of our phones, if we don't get that thing out of our, our social medias, get that thing off of our television accounts, if we don't get those things out of our life, we're going to bring it into the church. We're going to bring it into our, our children and our generations are going to battle pornography and lust because we didn't get rid of it. There was a time where the children of Israel, when God didn't want them to touch anything and Achan took something from, you know, the uh, ungodly environment, you know, and the children of Israel couldn't overcome, you know, the enemy. And God revealed it to, to Joshua that there was sin in the camp. And what happens when they found out that it was Achan? Not only was Achan killed, but his family was killed with him. So you may be entertaining things that aren't God's will for your life. And you may think it's not affecting anyone else. But in reality, it's affecting the entire body of Christ because we need you. We need you to overcome. We need you to cut that thing off. Your family needs you. Your future children need you. Your marriage needs you. The divorce rate says that couples that, <laughs> that mention pornography is in their marriage. The chances of divorce, they go up by 300%. So for those couples... <laughs> thinking it's okay if I just watch a little here and there, you're destroying your relationships. You're destroying your mind. You're destroying your heart. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 3, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles, which know not God. So these people that don't know God, they entertain these things and they think it's okay. But you who know God, please understand that God's will is better than what pornography has to offer. God's will is better than what perversion has to offer. You will overcome. I'm praying for you guys. I'm believing God to touch your life. I'm believing God to, to restore someone who's listening to this podcast. I know I say it after every podcast because I just want you guys to get the word out. But guys, please... Whether you know someone who's dealing with pornography or lust or not, I don't care if they admitted it to you. If you have a friend in your phone, if you have a friend on social media, share this episode. If you don't share another one, share this one. We have to kill pornography at the root. We cannot allow this to be in a church. So guys, share with a friend, leave a review, whatever. You know, if you guys don't want to leave a review, fine. It only takes a couple seconds, but I mean, to each their own. But guys, share this because we have to combat the spirit of perversion coming against the church, the lust of the eyes and the flesh. We have to kill it at the root. But as always, guys, I appreciate you guys. I know this episode was a bit longer than normal, but I appreciate the support. I appreciate the love. I appreciate you guys taking the time to grow spiritually. I appreciate you taking the time to build your walk with God. And I pray that as you listen, that God will restore your heart, restore your mind, and that God will work on you and that you won't give up the fight. You won't give up in this fight because we will win. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You are more than a conqueror. Believe God. Trust in God. Trust in his strength. You will overcome. Guys, we love you. And as always, see you next Thursday. Peace.